It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day and coming up on this episode of Locked On Thunder. Oklahoma City finally goes to Portland and gets a win. Oklahoma City hadn't won there since Derek Fisher had played for this organization. Uh, and Kendrick Perkins, by the way. But, oh my gosh. I, I mean, look, even I did not realize how long it had been since the Thunder had won in Portland. Um, we're going to talk about that. And I'm and in segment number two, as I kind of skip ahead here, I'm going to tell you, give you my reasons why I think the Thunder do struggle in Portland and why it is such a tough place for them to go play. Also, we'll talk about Steven Adams' night last night, and I could not believe how many people that I saw on Twitter wanted Adams to sit and Nerlens Noel to, to come in. And even though Nerlens Noel had a great night, I still would rather have Steven Adams on the court against Yusef Nurkic or anybody else playing center who is a starter, for that matter, in the NBA Paul George, another brilliant night last night. We've got to discuss that because some people still don't think he's an all-star or even an MVP candidate. And then finally, we will wrap things up today with a discussion of why Sam Presti might actually know what he's doing. And it has less to do with what you're seeing here in Oklahoma City out of guys like Nerlens Noel and Dennis Schroeder, who had a great night last night, but more what you're seeing happen in Philadelphia with Brett Brown and one Jimmy Butler. Oh my gosh. I can just remember a call in Hawaii when Jimmy Butler was traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Why aren't the Thunder doing this? Why aren't they going after superstars? Uh, the what's, what's happening in Philadelphia may tell you all you need to know as to why the Thunder really have never pursued Jimmy Butler and maybe why they haven't pursued other All-Stars as well. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I am a credentialed member of the media. I've been lucky enough to cover the Thunder now for about five and a half years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast via Apple iTunes. And you can also subscribe by going to LockedOnPodcast.com and just clicking the subscribe button. Those are the places to get Locked on Thunder plus Spotify, your Google smart speaker, your Alexa, the Alexa smart speaker, and of course, Stitcher. So lots of great places to get Locked on Thunder, as well as the other podcast I host, which is Locked on Sooners. Thunder win last night, 111-109 in Portland, and I don't know if champagne was popping, but there was certainly a sense of relief inside the organization, and Russell Westbrook saying that he takes, he, he took it a little personally. Because the Thunder hadn't won there since since 2014. So they were wanting to get that out of their system. And I'll just quickly tell you that you do something long enough, eventually the cards do 
play out in your direction. So if you're an OU fan and you're thinking OU is never going to win again in Fog Allen, just keep going back to Fog Allen. Eventually it, it'll happen. Maybe not in yours in my lifetime, but maybe in your grandson's lifetime we'll see OU win in Fog Allen. All right, so en- enough of that. But back to Oklahoma City and them winning last night in Portland. Paul George has another brilliant night, scores 37. Russell Westbrook has a single-double, scoring 30-plus last night. I think they scored 31. And then Steven Adams has a rough night, both offensively and defensively. And that is what I kind of want to concentrate on because I could not believe what I was seeing on Twitter. Yusuf Nurkic, uh, you know, 22 points last night. Um, only had eight rebounds, though, uh, which I would thought with as difficult a night as it was for Steven Adams only scoring six points, racking up four personal fouls, and just seemingly letting Nurkic get the best of him that Nurkic would have had more rebounds, but was such not the case. But here's what I couldn't believe. Yes, I know Nerlens Noel came off the bench and had a really good night for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But it was this attitude from the Thunder fans of having to take Adams out, having to put Nerlens Noel in, and that's the move that Billy Donovan should should make and that there's no way Steven Adams should have played more than 30 minutes last night, which he did. Steven Adams is still your best option. Even in a bad night, he is still your best option. This is a borderline all-star we're talking about. Even if the voting public does not think he's an all-star, or even if there are some pundits that do not think he's an all-star, he's an all-star candidate. And so far this year, he has been the MVP of this organization, as I have argued several times. He has been the most consistent player night in, night out, And normally, you don't see players get the best of it. Nurkic does. Rudy Gobert can. Rudy Gobert has proven to, and Anthony Davis has. Okay, that's three guys. You can count them on one hand. But night after night, he goes out there. He lays his body on the line physically. And more importantly, when guys like Steven Adams, with the temperament that he has, and we all think of Adams as kind of a, a, a badass. We all think of him as somewhat of a dirty player, or opponents think of him as a dirty player. You never see him lose his cool. You never see him get into a situation where he's not going to be out on the court. And that's important. And Adams, just through his consistent play this year and really through his years of service with the Oklahoma City Thunder, has earned the time that he got last night. He's earned the right to have a bad game and not be benched for a backup like Nerlens Noel. And yeah, I know he's going to struggle with with the Robin Lopez from time to time. And there are dudes that are going to be physical with him. But I'd still rather have him out there than just about anybody else you can put in that situation. And I guarantee you talk to the teammates, you talk to his teammates, they want him out there. And Adams will be the first to tell you. The great thing about Steven Adams is, is that he's honest and sometimes to a fault. And I haven't seen any of his quotes from last night, but I bet if he was asked about his games, he'll always be the first to tell you if he was garbage or not in a particular game. And he won't necessarily tell you why he was garbage. He won't necessarily break it down. It's usually, well, this this happened, and that's the end of it. He doesn't really go into a lot of details about the X's and O's, but he can straight up admit it. And just how people were just totally out on Steven. The overreaction to Steven Adams last night was... Unbelievable. I mean, forget that, you know, it's it's one game out of 82 this year that he underperforms 
and now all of a sudden you want to replace him in that game? No, I, I, I can't go down that road. Paul George last night, again, stating his case for most valuable player in the NBA by scoring 37 and continuing to get glowing articles written about him on several websites, the uh, NBA.com being the latest. He's been on the front page of ESPN, but yet there are still those, Freddie Coleman from what I understand, uh, from ESPN that do not believe that he is a legitimate MVP candidate. There's some that even don't, be- that don't believe that he's an all-star. Well, okay, it's the- here's what I'll say about the all-star game. When the fans vote on it, if Laker fans wanted to mount against the, uh, wanted to mount a campaign against Paul George, they they very well could. And unfortunately, there's nothing you can do to stop that because this is a fans game. And one, I would never like if if I was an agent, there's no way I would I would ever tie your bonus you ever tie your bonus to All Star games, All NBA teams, yeah. All defensive teams, um, certainly, I would tie bonuses to, but never all-star games. As long as it comes down to a fan vote, fans are going to pick who they want to see. And there's still a lot of fans out there that don't know or understand what Steven Adams does on a nightly basis for Oklahoma City Thunder and why he should be why he should be an all-star. So it kind of falls on Thunder fans, and unfortunately, there's just that... The, the Thunder, not a large market team. Sorry, Russell Westbrook. You may not have enough votes to, to ultimately get him pushed over the hump. But remember, yesterday was a double voting day, so hopefully you got out and, and had a chance to vote for him. But um, when it comes to Paul George, I don't know that there's anything Paul George can do the rest of the year to really signify to anybody that watches the NBA on a regular basis that he is in fact not only an MVP candidate but right now he's just flat out one of the best players in the entire association I mean all you can do is go out and play every single night all you can do is have guys like me watch him every single night and speak to how good he's been and how much of a how much of just really a savior he's been for this organization and how much he's helping Russell Westbrook's game as Russell Westbrook continues to get people in more involved in in whatever he's doing out there on the court. And that's another, you know, that was another conversation that came up last night was that Russell Westbrook still has his, his detractors. But what I like about what Paul George is doing is that it's... He's giving this organization not only just another t- another player to rely on. He's not only giving Russell Westbrook the opportunity to relax a little bit more and and change his game. He is permeating confidence throughout this organization, a confidence that we haven't seen in quite some time, a confidence that goes back to a point where Kevin Durant was here and we thought the Thunder had opportunities to compete for NBA championships. That's what Paul George ultimately brings to this organization more than anything that he can do on the court. He just brings a level of confidence and he's brought a level of legitimacy to Oklahoma City that Los Angeles Laker fans for some reason just can't seem to handle. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next, I have theories on why the Thunder don't play well in Portland. Plus, if you don't know the story behind Rip City, we'll tell it to you one more time. 
It's all right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Thank you very much for joining us today here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Sooners is out as well, and you can get Locked on Thunder and Locked on Sooners. All you have to do is just go to LockedOnPodcast.com and subscribe or subscribe via Apple iTunes or just say, Alexa, play Locked on Sooners podcast or Alexa, play Locked on Thunder podcast. She'll do it. So will Google. Hey, Google, and then... Just repeat what I said there. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thunder finally get a win in Portland last night, which Russell Westbrook said, yeah, he took it a little bit more personally. I think it's been kind of eating away at this team for a while now that that was a place where they ultimately struggled. And I had to be reminded that it had been that long since they had won in Portland. I mean, you play there so freaking often that it just seems to me it's like, oh, yeah, well, they would have won there. Well, no, they they really wouldn't, uh, really wouldn't have. And I have a, th- I have a theory on this. Um, nothing really to back it up, just a theory, just an opinion. Um, and I'll admit it's completely, totally speculation here. But one, I think, I think just going to Portland, my belief is going to Portland is a very weird place to go. It's overcast. It's rainy. There's not a lot of sun. It's... One, if not the most remote area now in the entire association. Phoenix, I guess, could be considered a remote area because in in the desert, you don't have a ton of suburbs, although Phoenix is a little bit different. However, Phoenix is sunny, it's warm, and even if it's 115 degrees when you're out there, you can always find something to go do in Phoenix that's inside. You can wear shorts. And it's a dry heat, as they say. But in Portland, what are you going to do when it's cold, rainy, and damp? Not even really sure what their bar scene is like because it's so hipster of a town. It is your microbrew drinking, beard wearing, um, hipster clothes. I don't even know what kind of clothes hipsters wear because I'm not cool enough to be a hipster. Um, But that's what Portland is. And I don't think it's very inviting to NBA teams. So instead of being in a place like Los Angeles where you're like, hey, man, we'll stay overnight. We'll go out. We'll be in the clubs. We'll have a lot of fun. Now it's more, oh, what are we going to do here? And you're there to just play basketball. And you have to be in your hotel. And that's why the Blazers tend to have a lot of success. Plus, you've got a fan base that is very loyal to that team. Because for so long, they have been, a lot like Oklahoma City, the only thing in that town. And I believe that that fan base also hates Oklahoma City because it took away their natural rivalry with Seattle. And Portland has a huge complex with Seattle. 
I, I didn't know it till I'd actually did some fill-in on, on Portland radio, but just how bad Portland hates Seattle and how Seattle's always had this superiority complex over over Portland. And the one thing that, the, that Portland can kind of hang on to now is that, hey, they've got a basketball team and Seattle doesn't because Seattle has everything else, including NHL right now. So their fans come in, they're a little bit more jacked up, they're way more supportive of their team, there's some extra juice there for Oklahoma City because beating Oklahoma City then, as great as it is, it's not the same as beating Seattle because they love to stick it in Seattle's face, they really don't feel like they can stick it in Oklahoma City's face, but they don't want to lose to them. And it's just this really weird mix of the type of people that are in the town, the type of town that it is, and the fact that when you go there, if you're not really used to that kind of atmosphere, the rain and, and, and the cold and, and the not getting to see the sun, then you want to get out of it at, you want to get out of the Pacific Northwest as quick as possible. I'm a guy that I think I think can handle the, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, it doesn't bother me to be cold and overcast and, and rainy or whatever. I actually kind of in, enjoy that kind of weather, but that's why I don't think the Thunder have done very well because Oklahoma City, even though it's we just had snow over these last couple of days, it's still a lot sunny. It's still a lot sunnier than, than what you're going to get uh, in Portland. Now on to Rip City because my father was asking me this, my son was asking me this, and if you already know this, then okay, well, one of the nicknames for Portland is Rip City. Bill Shonley, who happened to be the play-by-play voice for the Portland Trailblazers back in 71. February 18th of 1971, to be exact, guard Jim Barnett took an ill-advised shot. It went in, gave Portland an opportunity to beat the Lakers, and Shonley said, Rip City all night. And it just stuck. To his credit, it was something that came in the heat of the moment and was sort of a crime of passion. It's not something that he just thought up the night before he went into a game or said, hey, this would be cool. He just did it. Rip City. And that's how Portland got the nickname Rip City. Uh, There are also a few other names for Portland. The one I always heard, the one that they always liked, was PDX, uh, which is named after the International Airport that, that happens to be in Portland. But... Yeah, you always wanted to know where Rip City came from. It came from a play-by-play guy. And a lot of the, the terrible tout, another thing that came from a play-by-play guy who just encouraged Steeler fans to bring towels one day. They weren't even yellow towels. It was just bring the towels. And he coined the phrase terrible towel during the game when he was under fire and almost lost his job but ultimately ended up saving it. Myron Cope is the, is the guy's name and be, became a hero. I don't know that, I guess, cha-ching, another Thunder Moneyball. Um, Matt Pino did that one. By the way, good job by Matt Pino last night, doing the game last night on, on television. Um, I like it when they change it up every once in a while, but I really do hope uh, Chris gets well soon and uh, feels a little bit better than what he has. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We will close things out with this. Yeah, we'll tell you why exactly Sam Presti knows what he's doing. It's all right next Next. It's all next on the Locked on Thunder podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked on NBA every Monday to be up to date. 
Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I'm Eric G. Thank you for joining us today here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, We'll have another episode on Monday, but until then, you can get all our our back episodes at LockedOnPodcast.com. That's LockedOnPodcast.com. They they should be all archived there, or you can subscribe at LockedOnPodcast.com or via Apple iTunes and have, have access to all the the Locked On Podcast. So we jump into it here in the final segment. And Sam Presti knows exactly what he's doing. I can remember a call in Hawaii when Jimmy Butler got traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. My former co-host called me yelling about the fact that the Thunder did not get Jimmy Butler. And later he just told me I just wanted somebody to yell at And he's like, why didn't they get him? Why didn't they get him? Why aren't the Thunder committed to superstars? Well, then the Thunder go out and get Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. So you can't really say that. But look at what's happening right now in Philadelphia with Brett Brown. Butler has a problem with the offense. Butler's being critical. They just traded for Jimmy Butler. And if there has to be a decision made between Brett Brown and Jimmy Butler, Brett Brown is going to be on the outs, which is one of the reasons why you have to really understand that when you are in the NBA, that it is such a player's league and you're not always going to have the opportunity to to defend yourself against players. Oh, organizations are going to choose players over you. But Sam Presti's a, a GM that's always done his due diligence. And, and it doesn't always work out. Nothing was ever perfect. I guess we could all say that the Carmelo Anthony situation didn't really work out for Oklahoma City. But that's what Sam Presti does. He he is He is going to take chances on guys that he has a good feeling about and... He's done a good job of scouting them throughout the NBA and talking with other players inside the organization about whether or not this is a guy that you can bring in and acclimate to what the Thunder's culture is. And by all accounts in this Jimmy Butler situation, he is not acclimating to what the 76ers culture is. And the quickest way for Jimmy Butler to acclimate if he doesn't like the way things are going is change it, which is not the way things work in Oklahoma City. You have to come buy into the organization and their plan. If you don't buy into the organization and their plan, then you're not going to last here because the Thunder aren't the type of organization that want to let players dictate how they do things. Now, they may change philosophies based on who particular players are and what kind of other players they can put around them or... If a player wants certain things, they can make certain concessions. But overall, there's a mission statement for the Oklahoma City Thunder. One, fan-friendly organization, family-friendly organization. Nothing's ever going to take away from that. You want to be an organization that's big in the community for a couple of reasons. One, it's just good business. And two, in the suck years, which which happen to every single professional sports team, if people constantly see you out in the community trying to make a difference, there might be a benefit of the doubt that you get that you wouldn't get otherwise if you weren't really doing stuff like that. But they have, and they want to be a winning organization as well, 
But ultimately, it's those core values of being family-friendly, fan-friendly that, that really mean everything to them. And if you're not going to buy into that or you're not going to buy into the offensive philosophy, again, offensive and defensive philosophies can change based on players. But you have to know going in that the guy that you are bringing in operates better in certain situations. And Sam Presti's already proven that he believes in Billy Donovan. So if a guy like Jimmy Butler did not believe in Billy Donovan, well, then he's not going to have him around. He's not going to stick and last with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So as I watch that situation unfold, and I think about what the Thunder could have given up to get Jimmy Butler, and who knows, maybe Jimmy Butler would have adapted better in Oklahoma City and been just fine here. But the fact that he's not well in, in, in Philadelphia, a team that's got unlimited potential, and he's already bucking maybe to get the coach fired. Not sure that that would have been the best fit for Oklahoma City because the last thing that this organization wants is A, disruptions, and B, those disruptions to get out into the media. Why do you think we haven't really heard about the Alex Sabrina situation? This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Ari G. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back on Monday. And until Monday, get ready for Oklahoma City and the Wizards. Hey, that's coming up on Sunday, and I'll see you out there at the peak. Until then, may God bless you and your family, and of course, peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.